You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. There are many different paths you can take, but there's only one road to Atlanta. The high drive deep out to left field. He clubbed it. Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Flair out towards shallow right. That's big trouble. Albies going back. He dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzy Albies. Swanson is headed for three. He'll try for it inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate. He'll score standing, and it's his second inside the park home run of the season. This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road, the number two, Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts. Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves farm system and Braves prospects. I'm Eric Cole. You may recognize me from my work over on Talking Chopper. I've been the deputy site manager for the past three seasons and then the uh, minor league editor for the past, I guess it's six seasons now. We actually get to talk about real-life Minor League Baseball that is happening for the first time since the 2019 season ended. I can tell you that the entire staff of Talking Chop is very excited for about that. We actually were all going to be here tonight. Unfortunately, Matt was having some technical difficulties where he couldn't get his uh, audio inputs to work, so we're going to get him sorted out. We were going to have the whole crew here tonight, but joining me, I still have a very full slate of folks for you here. We have Wayne Cavati. Say hi, Wayne. Hey. Uh, I'm on the IL, retroactive to yesterday with my finger, but... I'm glad to be talking minor league baseball. Absolutely, uh, Gaurav. Make sure you plug your uh, you plug your Twitter handle and all that stuff. What's going on, buddy? Hey, man, uh, doing fantastic. Almost a little bit uh, a little bit tired. Constantly watching, you know, three different MILB games and the Braves games at the same time. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like kind of going through a sportsgasm right now. <laughs> nice. Absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, last but certainly not least, we have one Garrett Spain. Garrett, how are you, my friend? Man, I am doing great. I'm so excited about the season. We've had some great games so far, some really, really intriguing prospects, and I am really excited to have almost the entire crew here to talk about it with. Yeah, our our group chat has very been very busy over on Twitter. Uh, and since these guys refused to promote themselves for reasons that I'm not sure if I fully understand, you can follow Wayne at U of D Wayne. You can follow Garav at GVDAC, and you can follow Garrett Spain at Braves M I L B on Twitter. Uh, you can follow myself at Leprechaun with a K. Uh, you'll get plenty of major league and minor league stuff from my end. You'll get plenty of D two content in addition to minor league baseball from Wayne uh, Garav. R- Lots of cooking advice as well as minor league baseball, major league baseball. Uh, really anything that's Atlanta sports related will come out of Garav. And Garrett, a whole lot of minor league baseball uh, and the occasional tweet that makes you scratch your head and you're wondering what in God's name he's talking about. But we are really thrilled to kind of all be here and be talking about the thing that we've been wanting back in our lives 
more than anything, and that is minor league baseball. We are just now at the end of basically the first week of the of the minor league baseball season. Um, full, we had a full slate of games, six uh, six games each for each level. Uh, before we go any further, I do want to kind of make sure everyone understands kind of how the podcast is going to be going forward. Um, because of scheduling, there's no minor league games on Monday nights anymore, uh, at least for this season, uh, and that's just going to be system wide. So we're trying to figure out ways to kind of schedule how this podcast posts uh, vis-a-vis the, both the Talking Shop podcast, the flagship program, as well as kind of making sure we can fill some holes uh, scheduling-wise that tend to happen whenever we don't have a minor league recap going up every day. Um, as a result, what's going to be happening on late Monday nights and then into Tuesday is that I'm going to be posting the podcast to the the Talking Shop podcast stream. It's going to be like late Monday nights. I'll just schedule it like like 1 or 2 in the morning. Uh, so if you're really wanting to get your fix, you can stay up late to kind of watch it, listen to it then, uh, or at least be ready for your Tuesday morning commute. Uh, after that, uh, our own Wayne Cavati is going to be doing a weekly kind of week look-ahead type preview uh, as to what's going on in the minor leagues. It's going to be posted every Tuesday morning. Um, and then finally, we're going to have the post that's going to be embedded with the podcast itself. If you don't want to subscribe to the podcast for whatever reason and, or you just prefer to listen to it via the site, uh, that's where it's going to be embedded. And that's going to go up around 10 o'clock when the, the recap usually goes up. So, again, this is, those are kind of just some logistics of how the show is going to be working going forward. We're trying to figure out exactly kind of – you know, how to, how to, how to make all this work each week and kind of what the best scheduling decision is. And that's where we landed on for now. If there are any changes, I'll make sure to let you guys know. Um, but with all that said, we have a lot of ground to cover. Uh, normally with the way the show is going to work is that there will be going through all four, all four levels, kind of highlight, making highlights about particular guys if we see, but if there are newsworthy items, that's what we'll talk about first. Um, the really only news, the biggest newsworthy thing for, the, you know, going into, you know, this episode was that William Contreras is up in Atlanta now, and, you know, he's not in AAA, obviously, but, you know, considering there wasn't any actually minor league, like, play that he was engaging in that we could talk about, we're not really going to cover that too much, especially since that was covered on the Talking Chop side, but if there are promotions between levels, if there, we see a lot of roster shakeups, if guys get Paul called up to the big leagues from AA and AAA, we will be talking about that kind of at the top of episodes, those are kind of big line, item, line items that we're going to be talking about, and after that, we'll kind of go through each level each week where we kind of talk about like the guys that we really like and, you know, who's been performing well and, you know, maybe who hasn't, uh, that who are of note. And we'll go through each level, you know, in somewhere in between there, we'll have, we'll have a break to talk about, you know, you know, doing the ad stuff and campaigning the bills. But beyond that, you know, that's kind of how we're going to go about the format each week. And with that said, we get to go to the new low A affiliate and one that I visited this week, uh, in a drive that I'm not sure I'm particularly excited to be able to make over and over again, but uh, one that I was happy to make this time for sure to uh, support the new low-A affiliate, the Augusta Green Jackets. Uh, and again, we're going to kind of talk about some guys who stood out to us, uh, good and bad, this week. And there's a guy on this roster who stood out in a very positive light in a very big way, and we had an article go up from one Garrett Spain today on this particular player. So, Garrett, I already know that you're the guy who you want to talk about from low-A, so talk to me about Rodri Munez. Munoz, right? Yes. Munoz, uh, I mean, there wasn't a ton of information on him. We got, you know, kind of coming into the season, we got a snippet from Fangraf saying, oh, you know, he's up to 97 up with his fastball. That was it. That's all we got. And in the first inning yesterday, or was it yesterday? Two days ago. Yeah, it was yesterday. First inning yesterday, he was throwing 98-99 with insane tail and rise on his fastball. So quite a big difference from that report. Um, I mean, we talked about a little bit that very few players can, like, one game you can watch them and go, like, yeah, 
that guy just made a huge jump on my list. And this is, I mean, that was one of the single most eye-opening single starts. I mean, he went four innings, struck out seven guys, and for the first two, two and a half innings, he was 98-99 on every single fastball. Um, the slider, I mean, it looked good when he threw it, located it well. He missed some arm side. You know, it's a developing pitch for him. So it's nice to see some that were higher end sliders that looked good. And it's nice to see that he's throwing a change up in games and having some effect with it. It's not the best pitch, but it's usable right now. So, I mean, a guy who can throw 99, who was locating his fastball and has a couple off speed pitches that can, he can use. I mean, I'm going to be watching him probably every single start for the first two months. And I am ecstatic to see what he can do. I don't know how a low A hitter can hit his fastball. It's that good. It's the best fastball in the system by probably a fairly good margin right now. Yeah. We talked about the quality of that, the quality of that fastball. And he's a guy that, I mean, he's like a name that I have a circle with a star next to in terms of what are we going to kind of, how is he going to do, uh, I guess, develop as he like builds up his innings? And, you know, is he a guy that's like, you know, really good for the first two or three innings and then tails off? And maybe that, maybe that means he's more of a reliever profile. I mean, that's kind of the things that we have to kind of think about, right? Because the quality of the fastball is legitimately amazing. It's an electric arm. Uh, but we just don't know. I mean, he's, he, you know, he's a 21 year old IFA signing that was a very low, like, visibility. He wasn't signed for much money. He was signed after the IFA sanctions were put into effect. So it's not like a guy who, you know, has like a big extensive scouting report on him that exists out there. So again, a guy that we're going to be watching really, really closely and kind of see how he profiles going forward. But I mean, that the Braves are like already starting him off as a starter and then he mowed through low A guys the way he did. He might not be in Augusta for very long. Uh, Gaurav, you're up next. Talk to me about a, a guy or two that you've been kind of, you've been looking at Augusta and kind of who's caught your eye. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, this guy, he did not actually make the start on opening day and I was a little surprised just because of his somewhat advanced age of 24, but that's, uh, that'd be outfielder Willie Carter from little NAIA school, Weber International. Uh, coming out of the draft is like a 34, 34th round pick, and you don't really think too much of it, but you watch him, and he's got, you know, potential easy double-plus power. He's got a solid feel for hitting. Uh, you follow his Twitter account, and you can just see these tanks he hits. And um, he showed up this first week of the season. You know, he's 7 for 13. He's got a 1.57 uh, OPS, and the, the biggest Sustainable. thing is shown. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest thing is he's shown a propensity to hit to all fields. You know, he had a really awesome opposite field. Uh, op- uh, he hit a double to the opposite field. He cranked out a massive pull side homer that was followed with a majestic bat flip. He did the Acuna Euro step at third base. He took a selfie th- uh, during the game, too. So not only uh, can this man hit for miles, he's incredibly entertaining. Uh, will he become something? You know, there's it's it, obviously it's stacked against him since he's coming from such a small school. But he's got a, you know, you look at him, you look at his swing, and he's got a great feel for hitting. Um, you know, I don't know exactly how he's going to profile long-term right now. This is really the first time I've been able to, to kind of watch him. But he's someone, you know, I got some, I wrote down on my list now and someone I'm going to be kind of paying attention to because that bat, when he, when, he hit, when he makes contact with that ball, that thing is being hit over 100 miles, over like 105 miles an hour and going – hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet he's an incredibly entertaining player he's got tons of swag on the field as well 
and uh, from all accounts is, or from everyone I've talked to, is a sensational person as well. So someone to kind of stash away right now and see and kind of reassess throughout the season, I would say keep an eye on Willie Carter. All right, Wayne, you're up to talk about some green jackets. Uh, who's been kind of catching your eye this season so far anyway? I have three quick names I want to mention. Uh, I'll be really quick on all three. Um, the first, and this this may come as a surprise to you all, but um, D2 alum from Columbus State, Bryson Horn. Uh, he yeah, is. I knew side. it. I knew it. <laughs> you know, I, I have a lot of hope in him, um, a lot of faith in him. Um, he's definitely off to a slow start. But, look, we're talking about someone that, um, you know, they signed after the draft. There's going to be a lot of rust here. This is the first organized ball they're playing in some time. I mean, but he did. He had an RBI single in his, in his first professional game. So, um, there's definitely rust there. He's got a nice, smooth left swing. He's, he's growing into his body. He's, he's got the, the, the frame to, um, to, to hit. The question is, is if he, if he's going to profile as a first baseman and, and is that power from college going to translate into professional ball? Um, another guy, when I was doing my recap the night that I watched was, uh, Darius Vines. It was interesting. Um, I guess I didn't expect too much, but, uh, his fastball, he pitched four innings that night. His fastball was, was looking pretty good, uh, sitting lower nineties. I think he topped out at maybe 93 when I was listening. Um, it's so hard for me on MI, MILB TV to tell if some of these guys have two breaking balls or if their curve just sometimes looks like a slider, but the curve, when it was curving, uh, it looked like it could be a, a legitimate pitch. Um, and then there was some slider action in one of his pitches and the change wasn't bad. And, and overall, um, you know, he went four innings. Like I said, he didn't allow a run and he struck out, uh, four hitters and, and walked two. And then the last guy I just want to mention, um, our, our old friend Ricardo Rodriguez, um, you know, uh, we've seen him forever now. He's been in the system since he's what, 17. Um, and he's always been this defensive first catcher and, and he's off to a super hot start right now. And, you know, I think he has five hits and four of them are extra bases and he's really tagging the ball. He had a really nice home run, uh, last week as well. Um, surprisingly, I think I, I watched two games when he was playing and several base runners stole on him, which is unlike him. That's the opposite of what we expect from him. Um, but I definitely wanted to throw his name into the mix. Yeah, when I when I was at the game, uh, that was that was Thursday, I think. Um, was it was I meant, no, I went, I went Wednesday, uh, and Ricardo was like the ball was exploding off his bat. Now I want to so and he, I'm glad that you mentioned him. I want to say about kind of like your 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 kind of D two guys uh, at slash uh, undrafted free agent guys. The one thing that seems that like was like a common thread amongst all those, at least watching batting practice, is that all those guys have a ton of like pull side power. They were putting on some displays in, in batting practice uh, in general, so it was nice to see that there's actually there is some pop on this team. Um, you know, early season type stuff, you're going to see that you know a lot of these young guys uh, and just batters in general are going to struggle against uh, struggle just because pitchers typically have that kind of that early season advantage. Uh, a couple names I do want to add on before we go: uh, the opening day starter for. The um for the Green Jackets was Alec Barger, and the first inning I was like, "This ain't it," uh, he because he like, couldn't find the strike zone to save his life. Uh, it looked like he was just kind of uh, just didn't have any command at all, and you know, like the the fastball was, you know, was a particularly bad culprit of this. But he really settled down. Uh, fastball was like kind of ninety three to ninety five is what I was seeing on the kind of on the stadium gun, uh, and he kind of really settled into his own and kind of 
went a lot further into that game than I thought he was. Uh, that's again, it's not like an arm that I'm like super crazy excited about because the breaking ball was, I would say maybe average to above average, change up kind of the same way. But you know, for a guy that you, you know, don't really know much about going into the season, and you know, like that, those are real, those are real velo numbers, and he, you know, looked pretty good at least in his first start of the season. Uh, fun little fact is that the the Green Jackets announcer and the whoever was running their uh, billboard, uh, their scoreboard, uh, were misspelling slash mispronouncing his name in two different ways. Uh, he was he was listed as Alec Barber on the scoreboard, and I'm not sure what they they were trying to name. They're trying to give him when they were announcing him before the game, but uh, I saw his head go down. Uh, he was seemed like he was pretty annoyed that uh, they couldn't get his name right. But um, a couple names that we have highlighted in the past that are have appeared on our our prospect list, etc. Uh, Stephen Pauly's had a tough start to the season. Uh, looks really good defensively out there in center field. He moves around really well uh, and seems to be like really working on kind of going putting the ball the other way and like, kind of working on his hitting. Uh, but has had a kind of a bit of a rough start. Uh, but again, has lots of tools. Like what I, like what I'm seeing kind of you know from a you know a physical a physical perspective, but he's still kind of figuring out how to do things in pro ball. Uh, and Vaughn Grissom actually put on some displays in in batting practice. Seems like he's having a lot of fun on the field. He's kind of like dancing, picking on picking on other guys. Um, parked a ball in batting practice that went over the net that's supposed to be protecting the apartment complex that's over there in left field uh, and did not do so successfully. And he hit some something metal very loud, uh, which got my attention when I was watching BP. Uh, and it's but you know again. Not walking much right now, hasn't put up a lot of extra base numbers, but you know he's hitting 283 and kind of you know making his way through, trying to uh, I'm sorry 263 and uh, he you know again for a, a, a young guy who's like getting his first season first stretch of full season ball with those kinds of physical skills, uh, he's been playing third base of note uh, as opposed to shortstop, um, mainly because Cam Shepard's been playing shortstop for the. Green Jackets, who hasn't been particularly good, at least at the plate. Uh, but they have moved him over the third. I think he has the pop for that, so that's going to be an, another guy to kind of keep an eye on uh, going forward down there in uh, low A. Now, Augusta currently sits at 3-3, three and three, uh, second place in the low A East. Um, so it's going to take me forever to get used to these new league names and all that stuff. Uh, but overall, like a very interesting Augusta roster. A lot of guys that we haven't gotten extended looks at. A lot of guys, interesting guys on both sides of the ball, too. So we're going to be hearing a lot of new names over the next few weeks, I'm going to imagine, as guys kind of break out or, you know, or really, really don't. But you know this this Augusta roster. Keep an eye on it because there's some there's some more there's more talent on this team than you think when you when you look at the roster. Uh, which takes us now to the probably one of the more talented rosters in the Braves minor league system, and that's High A Rome. Uh, Wayne, I'm going to go to you first on Rome because uh, this is one this is kind of our our stomping grounds on our side of the perimeter. But also, this is a really fun Rome roster. Who's been kind of catching your eye over here? Yeah, I got a couple names again. Um... Uh, well, the the one guy I really am interested in here, and I don't want to say that he's caught my eye because he's off to a hot start or anything, because he he really is um, a little rusty. But it's Jesse Franklin. Um, I would, you know, I loved him in college. I loved that Michigan team. I really want to see him do well. But we know that he's had this huge layoff, um, and so you you wanted to see how he came out. If it was going to be rust or if he was back to, uh, you know, if it was a setback to him and if he was slow or anything. And while he isn't lighting the world on fire right now, um, I think we saw positives that it was, uh, it was just rust, right? It just was a long layoff from playing. Uh, he came right out of the gate. You could tell he was excited to be back on the baseball field. I remember that opening night, um, listening to the broadcast, they said he hit one 104 exit velocity off the ball. So again, we're looking at someone, you know, um, that 
isn't having a setback. He's just a little rusty because he's hitting the ball well. He went two for a two for three or two for four in that opening night. I don't remember. But as the week progressed, uh, he he stopped hitting the ball as frequently. But I think he's someone definitely to keep an eye on. And you know, with outfielders in the Brave system, you always have to question how fast or or where he fits in. But um, I think he's definitely an intriguing guy. Uh, and then obviously Ricky Devito um, looked very good. Uh, fastball was amazing. Um, it, the command is a little, you know, he, that's always going to be his issue is the command. Um, the splitter looked amazing. Uh, he, he looked great. He struck out six. He, he walked one. Like I said, the command is, is always going to be kind of an issue and he throws a lot of pitches and, um, get maybe Garrett could, could clarify or, or correct me, but I'm pretty sure he said he, it was, he tweeted out on that night that it was 14 swings, um, uh, and misses on on 37 strikes or something like that. It was some or 37 percent of his strikes. It was something crazy. But he's definitely exciting to watch. And uh, Cody Mel- Milligan is hitting the ball really well. That in 438 right now. Um, interesting left-handed hitter. Uh, at least he doesn't have uh, any extra base hits, but he looks like he uses the gaps and and he looks like he could be a solid defender at second base. I don't know how how great he is, but um, definitely caught my eye and. D2 baseball alum Logan Brown did hit a grand slam, and I'm just throwing that in there. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. All right, Garav, um, talk to, to me. Uh, I was going to say, ahead, uh, you are correct. DeVito, 14 swings and misses, 37.8% whiff rate, which is very, very good. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that is excellent, especially for your first start of the season. Uh, interested to see if the command kind of comes around for him a little bit. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be like a command first guy, but he's definitely going to be a guy that, uh, uh, could use a little bit more refinement, but again, for that first start of the season, it's hard to be too upset about that. Gaurav, who are your guys for Rome? First, I want to touch on DeVito's start once again. Like, I think Garen and I talked about him for like 20 straight minutes. That that splitter is incredible. It is MLB-worthy. Uh, let's see if he – right now he probably profiles more as a reliever, but if he's working on that third pitch, you know, there's that's someone that's going to be leapfrogging and – Going sky high on the on the prospect list by midseason. Um, the other the other person I really wanted to talk about from or the other well yeah the, the two I, I of course I have to bring up Michael Harris. He's off to an okay start right now. Uh, having uh, an issue, he's hitting the ball straight into the ground quite a bit, but he's still utilizing all the field and still perfect two for two from uh, uh, stolen base departments. Picked up a. A couple of walks, but I struck, struck out a few times. Uh, not worried about him whatsoever. Uh, just you know, what would we what would we be as a podcast without bringing up Michael Harris? Uh, the third person and the one that I really want to highlight would have to be Bryce Ball. Uh, not off to the most incredible of starts, you know. He's two for uh, two for seventeen, but uh, not great. Got, not great. Yeah, but like again. With Bryce, the biggest thing is his incredible knowledge and his eye at the plate. And right now, he's got an insane um, – he's, he's, he's walking at an absolutely elite rate right now. He's got six walks to eight strikeouts. And, you know, right now that registers out to about a 26% walk percentage. So he knows the zone. He knows the zone very well. And I assume – He'll get those, he'll get the swing issues, you know, kind of figured out as the season progresses because all he's done so far is match the ball. Uh, of course, you know, with this small of a sample, he also has a 125 BABIP, so that could be heavily influencing that production at the plate. But again, he's yeah, showing a little bit. that. 
he's showing that elite knowledge of the strike zone itself with uh, just an enormous walk rate. Uh, but the biggest thing that, you know, I want to harp on right now is I don't know his position on the field because I watched, I watched him and boy, he was, he was dreadful at first base, you know, in the first inning, uh, I think it was, yeah, the first inning against in the Ricky DeVito start, like DeVito had to make a play on the ball uh, on a ground ball and then run to first to cover first ball was just kind of standing there. Not sure exactly what was happening there. He has not shown great range. Uh, and with that, he's had a, you know, a couple mishandles with the ball itself. Uh, he, I, I would say right now, like he needs a universal DH because that's, I, I just don't know where you hide him because that was not an attractive stint at first that I saw from him. And hopefully, hopefully he gets better and, you know, can at least be average. But right now, like his path to the majors is solely on his bat and that's not necessarily a great thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he was a guy I was actually going to highlight. He's had a kind of a rough start. Uh, defensively has definitely not looked awesome. Uh, you know, you like, you like to see the walk rate, uh, and I think that other opposing pitchers are pretty wary of putting anything where he can really drive the ball because a guy that big and that strong is going to park it about 500 feet away. But I'm not too worried about him offensively, but you, you are right to kind of point out the fact that, you know, defensively, you know, maybe he's like, he's just going to have to be a, 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 a DH going forward. That's not the end of the world because, you know, if, if he mashes the ball like we think he can, that's not, that's, you know, that, that's a fine place for him, but it's certainly kind of a bummer that he's in high A and you're already kind of realizing that maybe we, he doesn't need to be taking the field at all. Uh, Garrett, before we go to a break, you talk to us a little bit about uh, some of the guys that you like down in high A. Well, quick shout out, of course, to DeVito. Love this. I love a good splitter. So uh, he's one of my favorite prospects. I'm going to go through a few guys that you, well, one you probably talk a pretty good bit about, but the other two that you don't hear a ton about. First, you know, we've gotten two outings from Trey Riley and he looks like a completely different pitcher. I mean, he's hasn't walked anybody. He hasn't walked anybody in five innings this year in two outings, which is, I mean, that's that's really the thing with him. If he can keep the ball in the strike zone, he is, you know, a major league quality arm. And he had two games in his entire career before without walking a guy, and he's now done it twice in a row. And he's still striking out guys. You know, he had one bad pitch, I think, first or second batter he faced in his first game where he gave up a home run. And other than that, I mean, he's been lights out. And he's got the stuff to succeed. I mean, I, I've liked what I've seen about him. And if he can keep this up, I mean – He's a guy who can get through the system fast. It's just, you know, how, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to have a low walk rate, but how can he limit it enough to, you know, he can't be walking a batter an inning. If he can keep it, you know, around four, four and a half per nine, then you, you look at a guy that can succeed at the major league level. Going to another reliever here, Indigo Diaz, in his two games, 10 strikeouts and four in a third innings. The fastball looks really, pretty good. really good. I mean, <laughs> pretty good. Some pretty crazy numbers there. You know, I mean, he, you know, he's a legitimate prospect. You know, we'll have to see more. We really have not seen a ton of him yet. So we really don't know, but he struck out guys at, you know, rookie ball and at high A now. So looks like a guy who can pitch. Another one that I was extremely hard on before this season, but I think he's done reasonably well this season that's Bo Phillip he's looked really good defensively I think I think he's played that position well and he looks like a guy that defensively can profile as a good utility infielder and offensively I mean he was pretty much hopeless his first season 
And this year, I mean, he hasn't been great. He struck out a pretty good bit. He only has a 679 OPS, but he's putting the ball, when he puts the ball in play, he's hitting it reasonably well. His swing looks like he's, can produce some gap power. I mean, he's not a guy that I look at as a starter, but he's a guy that the improvements that I've seen from him, I see him as a guy that can make it to the major leagues as a bench bat. And I want to shout out to, you know, the amount of work that he has put in to improve. Absolutely. Definitely worth kind of uh, pointing out, uh, especially a guy that has like some real defensive acumen and he was picked reasonably highly. He was a day one pick. You know, we want to kind of see, get the Braves, get some value from a guy like that. Uh, you guys named most of the guys that I want to talk about. Uh, a couple names I do want to mention, though. Uh, one is arguably, I, I mean, I think Rome's best hitter has been Sean Michelle uh, to start the season. Uh, he's been really like super consistent. Had a, had a really good game the other night. Uh, I'm not sure if he's a prospect per se. I, I wonder if he's kind of a guy that maybe tops out in Double A or something like that. But has just consistently hit the ball and it's kind of really kind of been the driving force of that, that Rome offense, which considering the talent on the roster is not what I would have expected to happen. But a lot of these runs that, you know, like guys like Michael Harris, who, you know, Michael Harris has, you know, has just been poking a lot of balls the other way for getting to getting his hits. Uh, if he gets, you know, if he has a game where he gets like a couple extra base hits and has like a good couple of games, like his, you know, his OPS is going to jump through because he's, he's already hitting reasonably well, but Michelle's been the guy who's been kind of like hitting these doubles to like driving guys who've been drawing walks and getting on base. And he's, again, like, not like, not, not crazy numbers or anything like that, but he's been hitting the ball well, uh, and he's definitely worth a shout out. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Jared Schuster because he's the guy that we're probably going to get to ask the most about, uh, you know, in terms of, like, you know, draft class guys, you know, first round pick, you want to know kind of how he is. Uh, now I will say this, uh, is that we heard, or at least I did, that he was dealing with some sort of injury uh, through the alternate site and through the early part of spring, and it's been taking a little while to rehab that. I, I suspect that the reason why he got he got, was pulled out of the start this week, which I was happy to see him make, which means that it doesn't seem like the injury is like anything that's like super serious or anything like that. Is that you know he but he did get pulled at 56 pitches, and which means like you know he was pretty clearly on some sort of limit to kind of maybe get him ramped back up as he was kind of like you know dealing with that you know rehab process and kind of building back up to being a full a full starter. Um, I liked overall what I saw from Schuster. Uh, the changeup is arguably one of the best pitches in the system. Uh, there's new competition for that with what Munoz was doing, but there's, you know, in terms of overall pitches, the changeup is his best pitch by a very significant margin. Uh, I also like the breaking ball. It was, you know, it was working well off of that changeup as well as off his fastball. You know, once he kind of started leaning on it a little more, it started really doing, paying more dividends later in that start. Uh, the fastball is an interesting thing because my first impression was that it didn't look like he was throwing it that hard. But, you know, you know, asking around and kind of making sure that we got, look, got a, a good idea as to kind of what he was throwing, sitting 92, 94, topped out a little bit higher than that. That's exactly what you want to hear from, see from that, which made me start to think about kind of why I would think that it just felt like it was slow. And I think this is that with his long arm, his long arm action, particularly against righties. Is that, you know, he can get the velocity, but there's not a ton of late movement on it. And it looks like to me that righties get a long look at that pitch when it's coming at them. And if he doesn't like, you know, maybe get that spin rate up a little bit, get some late movement on it, that he's going to have trouble using that pitch against righties effectively as he moves forward. I think the changeup is perfectly fine to deal with righties. And if he can kind of, again, really pick his spots with that fastball and with a breaking ball, he can finish off righties with that changeup no problem. But that's that's something that I'm kind of looking at. I mean, he he did give up a home run in the start, but it was like a, on like a middle middle fastball that was very clearly not where he wanted to put it, uh, and that ball got launched. But 
something to look forward to look or look at kind of going forward anyway is kind of what fast Schuster's fastball looks like going forward, not just from a velo perspective, but also if he can kind of get a little bit of extra movement on it and maybe spot it a little better because his the way he, the way it's delivered and the way it kind of moves as is is it seems like the the plane that it takes to get to the batter they can they really have a they really despite the velo they have enough time to kind of understand that's what's coming and it seems like the it's a predictable pitch in that regard. Um, I don't know if that's what it's going to be going forward. Again, it's the guy's first start. It, the, the things might change pretty radically in that regard, but that's one thing that I'm watching with Schuster going forward. But other than that, I mean, it was a pretty, it was a, it was a perfectly reasonable start. I think he can throw strikes. I really like that change up. So, you know, overall, please, at least that, especially since Schuster was actually taking the mound. Um, but overall, just kind of, uh, I say pretty good start. We'll see how he looks going forward. Uh, the Rome Braves are currently four and two, uh, second place in whatever that is in high A. It's like low A, like high A. Uh, East, I think, is what division the Rome Braves are in. Uh, one of those anyway. Uh, and we'll kind of see how they're doing going forward. Now, before we go on to AA and AAA, we're going to take a short break to listen to a word from our sponsors. All right, guys. And we are back to talk about the upper levels of the Braves minor league system now. And really interesting group of, uh, a group of teams here. Uh, because if you were to tell me that one of these teams is going to be two, two and four and one of these teams is going to be five and one, uh, I would have lost, uh, probably 99 times out of 100, uh, in terms of which team was which. Uh, but, you know, we're going to double A now. Uh, Mystically currently sits at two and four. Uh, I've been struggling a little bit on, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. But, Garab, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Talk to me a little bit about the guys in double A who've kind of been, like getting your attention and ones that, I mean, I know one guy in particular, uh, you've been in love with basically since he's been at Rome, but, uh, talk to me a little bit about the guys that at Mississippi who you've liked this first week. Yeah, let's definitely do that. Uh, the main person I want to talk about is someone who stole a lot of people's hearts in spring training because out comes this real little reliever under six feet and he pumps absolute gas and that's none other than Victor Vodnik. Uh, last week, he made his first start since 2019. He skipped entirely high A and went straight from low A Rome to, to, to double A, which is absolutely ridiculous. And what he showed was just flashes of insanity. He, sh- uh, uh, sorry about that. He had a high 90s fastball, regularly sitting at 98. He showed a great curveball. Um, he obviously ran out of gas because, again, he hadn't had a single start since 2019. Uh, but he showed he showed us everything that profiles or showcases as MLB ready. And I I understand the the Braves' notion and the Braves' reasoning behind keeping him as a as a starting pitcher because you want to do that as long as you can. But I kind of see him more of like a AJ Minter. The, the possibility, you know, AJ did that start against LA and put in what five innings almost, which is unlike anything I expected him to do. But I kind of see that more in Vodnik, the slightly undersized reliever coming in with two really insane pitches. And I 100% could see him making his Atlanta debut this year if they decide to go with that role for him. Um, that remains to be seen. Uh, I, I, again, I see him high leverage impact reliever in 2021, which is kind of insane to think about. Uh, but we'll catch a few more starts and see if the, those, that third pitch develops more and if the Braves kind of want to keep him as a, as a starting pitcher. But that he's really the one guy on Mississippi that has completely 
you know, I've focused all my attention on. Uh, the other ones, you know, Matt Withrow, I don't want to, I'm sure one of those, one of the other two guys are going to talk a lot more about him, but he's just a fantastic story. You really, yep. really want to root for him, uh, based on everything that he's gone through. And it seems like he's going to attempt that change to becoming a reliever. And I would love nothing more to see him, you know, quickly ascent and, you know, find himself in Atlanta because he's got the pedigree. He's got the, he's got the arsenal. He's got the, absolute bulldog mentality that everyone talks about Bryce Wilson having the man wants to play. I want to see him play. I want to see him succeed. So hopefully with can stay, you know, healthy, a full season and, and kind of rebuild that stock and find himself in Atlanta, you know, potentially next year. Yeah. Uh, Matt's kind of an old favorite of mine. Um, it was really nice seeing him on the, the Mississippi media call. Just, I, 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 I have missed, uh, hearing him talk about baseball and how much he loves it, uh, the injuries he's been he's dealt with with his shoulder in particular, uh, and he's looked great so far. I'll talk a little bit more about him kind of once we get going. But uh, Wayne, uh, who are your guys at Double A that you're kind of keeping an eye on? Um, well, it, it's like you said, they, it definitely was a rough start. I mean, when Drew um, Lugbauer is your hottest hitter, it just says <laughs> it kind of tells you that the lineup yeah, just I mean, isn't hitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> but um, you know, there, there was. Some player like Trey Harris, you know, you, you watch a couple of his at-bats and he was able to go the other way on a couple of hits. You know, um, Genista, he, he's already got a home run and, and he had a couple good at-bats. I haven't watched every one of his at-bats, but those are kind of the guys you want to, you don't care if they're making contact in the first week of the season after your layoff. You want to see if they're, they're getting good at-bats and at least there, there's some good there. Um, there, there hasn't been a lot of big hitting, but I guess what I, what I liked when I was watching, um, I would say the bullpen. Um, you know, you, you had Higginbotham, Bacon, Mora, White, Wilson. None of these, the, all these guys are pitching multiple innings uh, last week, and, and it's a small sample size. Don't get me wrong. Um, and they weren't letting non-base runners or allowing runs. Um, I know. I, I, I'm pretty sure I remember this correctly. Eric, you're a big fan of Higgy, Higginbotham, Jake Higginbotham as well. I am, and I am. I am too. I mean, it's a great story, right? That's what you want to see. Um, Here's this guy out of Clemson. He's had multiple big time injuries. Um, he also has times where he looks like he could be fast tracked to uh, Atlanta, and then other times where it looks like you know he struggles to find the strike zone. And to see him come out, he pitched. You know, he didn't. He hasn't allowed a base runner in in his little brief appearance. He's in his his mix. His three pitch mix was working. Um, and and he's just a guy, kind of like you mentioned with Withrow, just a guy that I'm kind of rooting for, and I don't know what to expect, but I I do think that if he could find that consistency, that he is a guy that has a chance to make it up the ladder and become uh, a, a part of the Braves bullpen. Absolutely. All right, Garrett, talk to me about some of your double-A guys. You know, going through the offense, there's not a lot of talked about good, but, you know, Wayne mentioned Harris, and Harris has, I mean, Harris has put some good swings on the balls. You know, there's been some balls right at guys. I think Harris has looked decent. Langoliers hit two, he hit two home runs in the game. Other than that, he looked terrible. But one of those home runs, I mean, he hit a line drive into the power alley in Trustmark Park and got it out, and that is not an easy task for anybody that, that to do. That ball was destroyed. I yeah, mean, destroyed. he crushed that ball, and that's... I, that's pretty impressive. I thought that, you know, I mean, we know that Langoliers has some power, but I thought that ultimately, you know, he'd, he'd hit well for contact. You know, he played good defense. I didn't know how well the power would play at the, 
you know, major league level. But I mean, if he's hitting the balls out to the power alley in Trustmark Park, he can hit it out of any stadium. I mean, he crushed that one. Shoemake has kind of been in, and again, early in the season, but he, he hasn't hit anything hard. I mean, one of his hits, at least one of his hits was an infield single. The other one might have been an infield single too. I mean, he's, He's looked pretty rough at the plate. He's putting the ball in play a decent amount, but he's not getting a lot of solid contact. And I think that, you know, that's, that's the issue with him. He can hit and he can draw walks, but how, how much authority is he going to hit with? And so far this season, he's put on some weight, but in games, he hasn't, he still hasn't shown that yet in his professional career. Small samples, but you got to start seeing him hit for power eventually on the pitching side. Nolan Kingham was really, really good for four innings. I mean, he was great. He struck and, and, out six guys. And then he and completely then collapsed in the fifth inning. Gave up like what, like four straight hits before getting replaced and gave up four runs. But I mean, up until that inning, he looked really good. And I mean, he's a guy that's ultimately, if he stays with the Braves, ultimately he's probably not going to be going five, six, seven innings because he's probably a middle relief guy for the Braves anyways. So if you look at him in that role, he, did his job and he struck out, you know, his biggest issue is, is he doesn't, you know, before he really didn't strike out a lot of guys, he struck out six batters in four innings, he walked a few guys, but ultimately up until that last inning, he looked really, really good. You know, I loved what I saw from Withrow. I want to see him do great. And I want to go back to Vodnik. I mean, you, you can't, you know, arm talent wise, you really cannot deny what he's doing. And he's doing it in games at double A at what he's 20 now, or is he 21? I think he's 20, 21. He's 21, regardless. Right, let's say, I think he's doing it, 21. Doing it in double A at 21 is pretty impressive. And it's not just a matter of, you know, the other team wasn't very good. He went out there and made good pitches. So I'm really impressed by better. a lot of guys on the pitching staff, but yeah, hitting's gotta, hitting's gotta do something for me. Cause I really expected a lot more from that lineup. I mean, every single player on that team, other than, you know, Riho is a prospect in some regard, so you kind of were hoping to see a lot more out of those guys that we haven't seen yet. But, you know, I think some of these guys, obviously we're going to see them hit eventually, so not too worried. Yeah, I'm not super concerned about the kind of, especially in a small sample early in the season, uh, about the, about offensively. I mean, like CJ Alexander, I mean, he had a home run the other night, and, you know, you'd like to think that maybe he can come back and, you know, do some, do some damage. Uh, and same thing with like Legolier's that the, the two home run night was a particularly a big night. And I think that really kind of will, you know, hopefully kind of get him going a bit. Shoemake, you know, he, I will say he's looked really good defensively at shortstop. I no longer have a question as to whether I can play that position, uh, which is a, another question was because, you know, my, my first impression of him was he seemed more of like a tweener, uh, short arm, some throws over at shortstop when I saw him at Rome. You know, I wasn't exactly sure if that was going to be a fit, but it seems like he's really good defensively over there. And again, he draws the walks, but uh, you know, I want to see uh, a guy who can impact the ball. And we just haven't seen that yet. Uh, again, really small sample. It's only six games, so not something I'm super concerned about. Uh, hat tip to Nat Hayden Deal, who got the opening uh, day start for AA Mississippi uh, and pitched well. Gave up a run in five innings. Uh, didn't miss a ton of bats, but they got a lot of a weak contact, too. So he pitched well. Uh, and I just want to keep back going with Matt Withrow. You know, he's not been able to pitch much over the last few years, uh, dealing with shoulder injuries and just a lot of other things going on with him. 
you know, uh, also as a new dad, I uh, found that out recently. I was really happy to kind of, you know, see a guy who is still chasing his dream uh, while also having a, a young family uh, to take care of. Uh, I am hopeful that he can kind of eventually make his way up to at least the major leagues for at least a short a short stint just to be able to say that he made it there. Uh, it's pitched really well, too. Uh, is you know, striking out a bunch of guys, uh, has only given up two, two hits in the six innings that he's worked, uh, has a start, also, you know, has has a start. You know, I made a relief appearance. I might, I got the impression that he's going to be kind of out of the bullpen primarily, but will make spot starts as needed. That guy will pitch basically under any circumstances that you need him to pitch in. Uh, and as a guy, we're certainly rooting for. But again, keep an eye on this Mississippi roster. There's certainly, it's been a little bit rough offensively, but there's a ton of guys on that roster who know how to hit. And I have a feeling that they will hit. Um, but that brings us to the five and what Gwinnett stripers who have done so basically without Drew Waters. Uh, who we think, you know, Ender Enciarte is on rehab assignment, so there's a kind of a built-in excuse to not be playing Waters for whatever reason, but we suspect that he's kind of dealing with a minor nagging thing, nagging injury. But he hasn't been placed on the injured list or anything like that. But they have been demolishing teams. They've been, like, mugging them and taking their lunch money out in the parking lot uh, <laughs> during the course of the first week of the season. Uh, Garrett, you went first in the, the first segment. You'll go first in this last one. Talk to me about the guys at AAA you've been kind of impressed by or who at least caught in your eye. It's really hard to judge AAA because they're using, I assume, the major league balls that are just basically super balls. So Orlando Arcia hitting a ball 466 feet kind of tells you what you need to know there. I don't, I mean, there's so few guys other than Waters that are really true prospects offensively. And Waters played like two games. So it's really hard to talk about the offense. I mean, I have, Obviously, Orlando Arcia is not a AAA baseball player. He's good enough to play in the major leagues. He's not go for whatever reason. He's not up there. Maybe they just want to keep him playing consistently. So if he's needed at the major league level, he's ready. He's played well. I, I like him, but pitching wise, uh, you know, Dysbel Hernandez. We really never got to see him because he played in High A where we didn't have cameras. He, he his. He was all over the place, but his stuff looked really, really good, and he looks like he can play out of Atlanta. Sometimes, I mean, he looks like he could get to Atlanta this season stuff-wise. If he can kind of rein it in a little bit, he's a guy you could see down the stretch that could come in and um, fortify the bullpen a little bit and give you some innings late in the game. Um, saw a really, really good start from Bryce Wilson. You kind of expect that from him at this point. He's always, he's been succeeding at AAA, but it's good that he hasn't, you know, going to the major leagues and struggling hasn't kind of gotten to him. He's able to go down, get right, get AAA hitters out. Let's hope he can figure out his issues and maybe this, maybe later this year, maybe next year, come back and finally find some extended success, whether it's as a starter, whether it's as a reliever. He has the, talent and he has the drive to do it it's just a matter of putting into the games consistently and hopefully he can develop at this level grav what about you man talk to me about your triple a guys uh i don't know if you guys have ever heard of these uh players there's terrence gore uh you know, uh, what else? What you, I mean, like everyone, there's not really too much to talk to, and I want to be a little bit informative. So I decided to go on a little more of a negative note. And that's someone who I was personally super high on, and I still think has an insane, not insane, but a really high MLB caliber uh, feeling. And that's definitely Victor Arano. 
Uh, he had some time in Atlanta. I don't think he made an appearance here, but then he got sent back down uh, today. You know, Arano was a key figurehead in that 2018 Phil, uh, Phillies bullpen, and that's because he's got really talented pitches. He's, he's got a, he's a high talent arm. Uh, you know, 92, 95 four seam fastball with really good arm side run. He's got a great two seam fastball with also good arm side run. He's got a slider, which is a bit of an odder pitch because while it doesn't have too much horizontal break, it's still a massive vertical break. And then a decent changeup with, of course, good arm side run. So like he has four good pitches with tons of movement. And while they not, might not be, you know, elite pitches, when you have four different ones of that caliber, you expect really, really good numbers. And so far, I mean, again, everything because of COVID throws every pitcher off that didn't, you know, that didn't pitch significantly uh, in that year. So I'm not really actually worried about him, but I did expect more out of him and I expected him to kind of make the team, if he showed he was healthy, you know, make the team out of spring training and then be a key figurehead in that bullpen. So, uh, I expect him to turn around. I'm not too worried about him. And it's someone that I think will pers- probably find himself back in Atlanta earlier than later. And that also goes for Edgar Santana, who has an electric arm, but struggled. You know, he, he had the, um, he had the Tommy John surgery, I think in 2019. And then in 2020, he got suspended. Uh, I think it was like the entire season for PED. So he, he's sitting, you know, a longer layoff, but then you watched him, uh, in Atlanta and you see the insane movement on his pitches. So those are two relievers that I expect, you know, that may be, that might not have gotten off to the greatest start, uh, this season, but I expect to be key figureheads in that Atlanta bullpen that, you know, with Daysville, with potentially Victor Vaughn, it can be completely remade, uh, in the second half. And now you have Atlanta signing Shane Green as well. So I want everyone to know that every, that, that complained about the relief core so far. I get it. They've been really bad, but they're, you know, we have, people in the pipeline who hopefully will show consistency and find themselves a complete and back in Atlanta and have a completely remade bullpen in the second half of the season, or hopefully sooner than that. And last, but certainly not least Wayne Cavati. Talk to me about your guys from Gwinnett. You know, and just to echo what, like Garrett said, there, there's really not a whole bunch to, and, and Garab both said, you know, there's really just not a whole bunch to watch prospect wise here. Um, there's things you want to see. It's 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 kind of like fine tuning, right? You want to make sure that guys like Arcia and and Merritt are still hitting the ball, even though, as Garrett said, I mean, I think we could hit a baseball. We we'd luck into a home run on the AAA ball. Um, so there's there's really not a whole lot. I really did. Uh, you know, Hernandez is a guy that I definitely want to watch. Um, you know, he he's got that big fastball, but it's all it's all about um, hitting the strike zone. And, you know, like you look up and down this roster and, and I, as I just said, there's not a lot of prospects, but you look up and down this roster and everyone's like 27, 28, 29. You have like 33 year olds on this roster, but then you have Bryce Wilson, who's still only 23 years old. And even though he's not a prospect anymore, you do want to see him go out there and, and succeed every time he goes out there when he's in triple A. Right. And he definitely did that. Um, I mean, he, he's, he could dominate triple A now. It's just what he needs to do to do that consistently at the next level. And, you know, we've seen that he could do it. He did it in the playoffs. Um, 
So I guess really for me, I wanted to see Wilson come out in his first AAA start and, and be the Bryce Wilson that we want him to be, and and he did that. And um, I guess that was my biggest takeaway of of what I was watching. And you could say the same about Tucker Davidson, um, but but uh, Wilson's really my guy there. Yeah, I do want to kind of touch on a little bit. I know that like guys like Orlando Arcia and Travis Demerit aren't like technically prospects anymore. Uh, Travis Demerit, old friend uh, of the minor league recaps, uh, who was featured prominently. I'm actually pretty shocked that Garov didn't talk about him because that was his boy uh, for a long time. Oh, trust me, uh, I, I wanted to. I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, OPS healthily over 1100 for uh, Demerit on the season, and Orlando Arcia uh, with an OPS of one point. 3-8-0 to start the season, just like we all predicted. Uh, they're hitting really well, obviously. That's, that's whole Gwinnett roster's really been hitting pretty well. Uh, I, I want to echo Tucker Davidson. He really shoved in his start. Uh, he actually, he gave up one run in seven innings, and he only gave up that one run on a solo home run in the seventh inning. Uh, just looked really, really good. I, I was actually really happy with what, what Tucker put up, and I want to make sure that we're going to give him some love too, because Bryce looked good, but, you know, Tucker made, certainly made his own waves. Uh, one prospect that, who is a legitimate prospect that we like a lot, who has not had a good opening week, has been Kyle Muller. Uh, his, both his starts did not go particularly well for him. Uh, it seems like the command's off. It seems like the, he's also getting hit pretty hard too. So, you know, you know, I think his ERA is like, I mean, as much as the ERA can matter after two starts, but healthfully over 11, uh, to start the season is, is not where I would have put Muller being. Uh, so he's kind of a guy that we're keeping an eye on to kind of see what's going on, see if he can kind of pull things together. I'm certain that he will because I think that the stuff's just too good and that he's just kind of like too, too driven and just too talented to kind of just all of a sudden not be able to get guys out in AAA. But, you know, not the best start for him. Uh, Gwinnett, as I said at the start of the show, or at the start of the segment, uh, Gwinnett is at 5-1 and one right now on the season. Uh, again, offensively playing very well. We haven't seen much of Drew Waters, who's the top prospect on the on the roster at Gwinnett. And, you know, again, we feel like a combination of, you know, Ender Inciarte being on rehab assignment, plus that we it's possible he's still dealing with he I know he had an oblique injury in spring maybe he's still dealing with that we're not 100% certain but we haven't seen him play in a little while something that we're keeping an eye on as well and boys that's it we are done for this episode we thank you thank you guys so much for coming on to the show to talk minor league baseball uh again we're not gonna probably not gonna have the full slate of guys uh each week but we everyone was really kind of chomping at the bit to talk minor league baseball uh, this week, and I'm sure we're going to try to, once we get Matt's audio issues sorted out, we're going to get him back on the show, and we'll have kind of a regular rotation of everyone coming through to talk minor league baseball on this show. If you want to make sure you don't miss a single episode, follow us on Twitter at Road, the number two Atlanta. Uh, talking The Talking Chop Twitter feed will also work as well because you'll be able to get the, when the article post goes up, but if you want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, that Twitter account is the one that you want to be following. And also make sure that if you want to not miss an episode and you don't want to have to worry about dealing with Twitter, all you have to do is follow the Talking Shop podcast feed. It's that simple. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever you choose to use as your preferred podcast purveyor, it is extraordinarily likely that we are on it. And if we are not, let us know when we will be on it. Uh, and you get not only get this podcast, but you'll also get the Talking Shop flag, flag show, flagship ho uh, show hosted by Brad Rowland. Uh, occasionally, that I, I I am a semi-regular co-host on that, uh, and you know everyone on, that's on this show has you know, at least gotten some love on that show as well. And as we get closer to draft time and things like that, I imagine there's going to be kind of a regular, regular rotation of us kind of talking about what's going on with that on that on the the main show as well. Thank you all so much for all the support. We're so excited that minor league baseball is back. We've been talking about, talking about guys we've not seen before and kind of like relearning kind of how guys are doing and all this stuff. It's been a big, big deal for all of us. 
Uh, and it, you know, in terms of all of our mental health in dealing with both baseball and his life in general, minor league baseball has been a big part of that. And we're just really happy to kind of get back to some semblance of normal and being able to kind of get back to the work that we're doing. Uh, I'm going to be going to Rome, not this week, but next week once they get back home. Um, I'll at least go up there for one, uh, for one game. Uh, health permitting is maybe I'll try to get to more games, but I'm dealing with some issues with my feet at the moment, which aren't particularly fun and driving is a bit more difficult than I anticipated. So, but other than that, I'm sure the other guys are going to be making trips around as well. And so we'll be kind of getting you guys some game, you know, like game reports and all that good stuff as the season progresses. And so make sure you keep a, an eye out on the site for that. And until next time, we'll see you on the road.